My beloved brothers and sisters and friends, I earnestly seek an interest in your faith and prayers. I particularly need the Spirit of the Lord today because I've decided to talk about his enemy, Satan, the great deceiver. If you won't be able to recall what I say, you may remember something. If you remember the statement of the daughter to her mother, I can't marry John because he doesn't believe in the devil. And the mother's reply, well, go ahead and marry him. You and I will change his mind on that question. <laughs> A corollary to the pernicious falsehood that God is dead is the equally pernicious doctrine that there is no devil. Satan himself is the father of both of these lies. To believe them is to surrender to him, and such surrender has always led and is leading now and will continue to lead men to destruction. Latter-day Saints know that there is a God. With like certainty, they know that Satan lives, that he is a powerful personage of spirit, the archenemy of God, of men, and of all righteousness. The reality of the existence of both God and the devil is conclusively established by the scriptures and by human experience. Abraham's account of the great pre-earth heavenly council identifies both God and Satan as participators in that council. Read Abraham, the third chapter. Marvelous and important, and important is the knowledge revealed in that account. Knowledge of things as they were in the distant past concerning God, the Father, and his spirit children, and concerning his plans for the creation of this earth. It refers to the gospel plan and identifies Christ and Satan. Amplifying the truths revealed to Abraham, the Lord said to Moses that Satan, whom thou hast commanded in the name of mine only begotten, is the same which was from the beginning. And he came before me, saying, Behold, here am I, send me, and I will be thy son, and I will redeem all mankind, that one soul shall not be lost, and surely I will do it. Wherefore, give me thine honor. Old Testament prophets knew about Satan and his role in the great council. As though speaking directly to him, Isaiah said, how art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How art thou cut down to the ground, which did weaken the nations? For thou hast said in thine heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will be like the Most High, yet thou shalt be brought down to hell, to the sides of the pit. In this last dispensation, the Lord has confirmed what he revealed in former dispensations concerning Satan's role 
in that first great council. In September 1831, 1830, the Lord said to the prophet Joseph Smith, The devil was before Adam, for he rebelled against me, saying, Give me thine honor, which is my power. And also a third part of the hosts of heaven turned he away from me because of their agency. In February of 1832, Joseph Smith and Sidney Rigdon testified that they saw in vision that an angel of God who was in authority in the presence of God who rebelled against the only begotten was thrust down from the presence of God and the Son and was called perdition for the heavens wept over him. He was Lucifer, a son of the morning. Joseph Smith succinctly summed up the great pre-earth controversy in these words. He said the contention in heaven was, and I quote, Jesus said there would be certain souls that would not be saved, and the devil said he would save them all, and laid his plans before the Grand Council, who gave their voice in favor of Jesus. So the devil rose up in rebellion against God and was cast down with all who put up their heads for him. When Satan and those who followed him were thrust down, they came to the earth. During the vision given to Moses, the Lord said, Because Satan rebelled against me and sought to destroy the agency of man which I, the Lord God, had given him, and also that I should give unto him mine own power, by the power of my only begotten, I caused that he should be cast down. And he became Satan, yea, even the devil, the father of all lies, to deceive and blind men, and to lead them captive at his will, even as many as would not hearken unto my voice. Satan was in the Garden of Eden with Adam and Eve before the fall. Not only so, but he continued to tempt them and their children after they were driven from the Garden. When Adam and Eve received the gospel, they rejoiced in it, blessed the name of God, and made all things known unto their sons and their daughters. And Satan came among them, saying, I am also a son of God. And he commanded them, saying, Believe it not. And they believed it not. And they loved Satan more than God. And men began from that time forth to be carnal, sensual, and devilish. From then until now, Satan has been in the earth. We read in the book of Job, Now there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan also came. And the Lord said unto Satan, Whence comest thou? And then Satan answered the Lord and said, From growing to and fro in the earth and walking up and down in it. In his diary for August 11, 1831, the prophet wrote, After we had encamped, upon the bank of the river at McElwain's Bend, Brother Phelps, in open vision, 
by daylight saw the destroyer in his most horrible power ride upon the face of the waters. Others heard the noise, but saw not the vision. Now Satan is evil, totally and always. He ever seeks to defeat the gospel plan and destroy the souls of men. He persuadeth no man to do good. No, not one. Neither do his angels, neither do they who subject themselves to him. At the Last Supper, just prior to his ordeal in Gethsemane, Jesus warned Peter, Simon, Simon, Satan desireth to have you, that he may sift you as wheat. Satan is irrevocably committed to countering and overcoming the influence of the Spirit of Christ upon men. He is the representative, promoter, and advocate of that opposition in all things referred to by Lehi in his instructions to his son Jacob. Satan's methods are various, devious, and countless. By every possible means, he seeks to darken the minds of men and then offers them falsehood and deception in the guise of truth. Satan is a skillful imitator, and as genuine gospel truth is given the world in ever-increasing abundance, so he spreads the counterfeit coin of false doctrine. As the father of lies, he has become through the ages of practice in his nefarious work such an adept that were it possible, he would deceive the very elect. At the opening of, this dis- of every dispensation, he has made a frontal attack against the advent of truth. As already noted, he deceived the sons and daughters of Adam and Eve in the first gospel dispensation. At the beginning of the Mosaic dispensation, Satan came tempting, tempting him, saying, Moses, son of man, worship me. In the days of Jesus, Satan attacked the master himself. That Satan was present and contested the opening of this last dispensation, we learn from the prophet's statement. I was seized upon, he says, by some power which entirely overcame me and had such an astonishing influence over me as to bind my tongue so that I could not speak. Thick darkness gathered round me, and it seemed to me for a time as if I were doomed to sudden destruction. Satan's attack against the coming forth of the Book of Mormon is detailed in the 10th section of the Doctrine and Covenants. Another evidence of the devil's effort to thwart the spread of the gospel is Heber C. Kimball's account of Satan's attack upon the brethren who took the gospel to England in 1837. Now the general acceptance of Satan's declaration, I am no devil, for there is none, accounts in large measure for the decadence in our deteriorating society. We Latter-day Saints need not be, and we must not be, deceived by the sophistries of men concerning the reality 
of Satan, there is a personal devil, and we had better believe it. He and count and a countless host of followers, seen and unseen, are exercising a controlling influence upon men and their affairs in our world today. The prophet, ancient American prophet, visioning our day and observing what is going on, prophesied that if Satan is not checked, he will bring this generation to destruction. Addressing himself to our present situation, Nephi said, and I quote, The kingdom of the devil must shake, and they which belong to it must be stirred up unto repentance, or the devil will grasp them with his everlasting chains, and they be stirred up to anger and perish. For behold, at that day, that's today, he shall rage in the hearts of the children of men and stir them up to anger against that which is good. And others he will pacify and lull them away into carnal security that they will say, All is well in Zion. Yea, Zion prospereth. All is well. And thus the devil cheateth their souls and leadeth them away carefully down to hell. And behold, others he flattereth away and telleth them, There is no hell. And he saith unto them, I am no devil, for there is none. And thus he whispereth in their ears until he grasps them with his awful chains from whence there is no deliverance. Now I'm not calling attention to these things to frighten or stampede or discourage anyone. I refer to them because I know that they are true. And I am persuaded that if we are to conquer Satan and escape the hands of the servants of Satan who do uphold his work, we must understand and recognize the situ situation as it is. This is no time for Latter-day Saints to equivocate, nor is it a time for us to panic. The difficulties of our times have not come upon us unawares. A hundred and forty years ago, the Lord clearly revealed the tenor of our times. We know that as the second coming of the Savior approaches, the tempo of Satan's campaign for the souls of men is, is being and will continue to be accelerated. We know that the experience of the experiences of the intervening years will try men's souls. We also know that God lives, that his eternal purposes shall roll on. We know that to qualify us to prevail against Satan and his wicked hosts, we have been given the gospel of Jesus Christ. We know that the Spirit of Christ and the power of his priesthood is ample shield to the power of Satan. We know that there is available to each one of us the gift and power of the Holy Ghost, which is the power of revelation, 
It embraces the gift of discernment by which we may unerringly detect the devil and the counterfeits he is so successfully foisting upon this gullible generation. Our course is clear and certain. It is to strictly obey the commandments of the Lord as they are recorded in the scriptures and as they are being given by the living prophets. In conclusion, I bear you my witness to the truth of these things. I have been calling to your attention. I know that God lives. Through my own experiences, I have come to know his spirit and his power. I also know that Satan lives. I have detected his spirit, and I have felt his power, not to the full extent that the prophet Joseph did, but in a like experience. I know that the second advent of Christ, the signs of which are now mounting, that at that time Satan shall be bound and have no place in the hearts of the children of man. I bear further witness to the truth of the Savior's prediction that at the time of his coming, they that are wise and have received the truth, that is, who have accepted the gospel, and have taken the Holy Spirit for their guide, and have not been deceived by Satan and his powers, shall abide the day of his coming, and that the earth shall be given unto them for an inheritance. For the Lord shall be in their midst, and his glory shall be upon them, and he will be their king and their lawgiver that we may take the Holy Spirit for our guide, recognize Satan, his representatives, and their work, and not be deceived, to the end that we may be partakers of the promised blessings, I humbly pray in the name of Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.